Break Fix Podcast is all about capturing the living history of people from all over the autosphere, from wrench turners and racers to artists, authors, designers, and everything in between. Our goal is to inspire a new generation of petrol heads that wonder, how did they get that job or become that person? The road to success is paved by all of us because everyone has a story. Jumping into a new hobby, especially motorsports, can be super difficult. It's a seemingly impossible new world that's been inhabited by others who already enjoy different disciplines. We know it can be intimidating, and that's what stops many from migrating from the street to the track. Thankfully, there are communities out there that are always welcoming and willing to help out those who are looking to try something new. As the founder of Track Shaker, Scott Hartman is devoted to helping drivers experience new and exhilarating adventures with their cars through grassroots motorsports. Using his experiences in videography, event hosting, and motorsports consulting, he has spent thousands of hours creating and curating helpful resources found on TrackShaker.com. Scott has definitely developed a unique set of skills in the automotive world, and we want to welcome him to Break Fix to share his story. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the invitation. So before we get going on all your various projects, let's set the stage and talk about Scott, the petrol head, your cars, your motorsports experience and things like that. Sure. Well, I started as a car guy like most of us as a kid. First time I saw a 1971 Dodge Challenger with a shaker and plum crazy. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And ultimately that led to my first track car. In 2017, a hit and run driver totaled my Honda Accord. So I needed a car. And I thought, if ever there was a time to get a car I wanted, now is it. So I got, I would say, the modern equivalent of that car I saw as a kid, which was a 2016 Dodge Challenger RT Shaker. Right after I bought it, I started doing some drag racing with it. And then just a couple months later, started doing track days. And then later, further down the road, some autocross as well. So that's what got me into the hobby with that car. My first track day was with Track Club USA at VIR. Really great organization. That was an awesome first event to have as my first track day. Like all of us, I was hooked from the get-go. So looking back, you're talking about Mopar. I'm a, I'm a closet Mopar man myself. Would you say those are the sexiest cars of all time? Or is there something else that was on your wall as a poster as a kid? I don't know if I would say they're the sexiest cars of all time. They're definitely very beastly. I am a big classic car guy. I've always loved classic cars. I've been to a lot of Concours events and I just, I have a big love of certain genres of classic cars. If you're talking about the sexiest cars, in my opinion, you know, you got to think about Italian cars in the 60s. A car I actually just chased down the road here in Charlotte last week is a uh, 1967 ESO Grifo. Not a car a lot, a lot of people know about. Got a body designed by Bertoni, who designed a lot of the first Lamborghinis. And it's got a Chevrolet power plant, just a gorgeous car. Things like De Tommaso Panteras. You know, when I think of a sexy car, it tends to be 70s and 60s Italian supercars. But Mopars are great. They've got good aggression. I like the muscular stance of them for sure. In terms of my current cars, I started with that 2016 Challenger RT Shaker. And then after that, I did a bunch of track stuff with that for a good three years. Then I went on to a red 2015 Dodge Challenger SRT. And I focused on the SRT because it didn't have the supercharger like the Hellcat, but it had the Hellcat brakes. And they were unbelievably good six-piston Brembo brakes. And that car, I bought it in Texas. I actually drove 1,400 miles to pick up that car. And it had a Pro Charger on it, nasty 600 horsepower. It was a fast car, but it had a lot of mechanical issues. I ultimately owned that car for a year before I blew up the motor on Charlotte Motor Speedway. <laughs> and Watching after- the Camaros and the Mustangs continue to do lap after lap. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I was kind of done with that car at that point. And now I have moved on to a 2000 Chevrolet C5 Corvette, nice. fixed roof coupe. I'm hoping to make my track debut with it at Carolina Motorsports Park. It's been in the shop a lot. It's an older car. It needed a lot more than I expected, but I want to get it right for the track. And we've done a lot of track modifications and stuff. So very much looking forward to the track debut with the C5. Yeah. And that's good that you went in that direction because that's actually on our top 10 list of starter track cars. Now, no offense for having a C5, but it's a great platform to start with. Not as much complexity as the C6s or C7s and the added cost, right? It's sort of the 
Miata of the muscle cars. If you think about it, the C5 can do everything. It's a great autocrosser. It's a great track car. You can use it for drag racing. It pretty much is a Swiss army knife, like a lot of other vehicles, like BMW E46s and, and Miatas and BRZs and stuff like that, where they're just great vehicles for pretty much doing everything. Let's talk a little bit more about track shaker. So you've been to the track a bunch, doing all these different events, things like that. What inspired you to break off and create Track Shaker? Where did the name come from and what does it really mean? I kind of developed a reputation as the track guy in my group in Charlotte. I was an administrator for a Dodge Challenger group that had 400 people in it. People would come to me asking questions, every single facet of track days. How does insurance work? What kind of helmet do I need? Any number of things. And it was really people from across the country on social media and stuff. And I absolutely didn't mind typing out multiple paragraph long messages, answering their questions. But having done that many times back then, it showed me that people are legitimately confused. And then I looked into it myself and found that the information is out there. It was just spread across multiple resources. So like SCCA had some things, NASA had some things, Hooked on Driving had some things. But in terms of the litany of information, and it really is a lot in terms of participating in your first track day, all being in one easy to use place, that was not out there. So that was part of the genesis for Track Shaker. And then there were a couple of instances that solidified there really is a need for this. One is that a friend of mine, she was registered to do her first track day. And I was so happy for her. I was really looking forward to doing the event with her. She ultimately didn't do the event because she was so flustered by all the stuff that she couldn't find an answer to. She was confused. What happens if it rains? I'm still not really sure how insurance works. Will I have an instructor? I don't know what kind of helmet to get. Not at all mechanically savvy. I can't prep my car. And she got so flustered that she just withdrew from the event. You know, I felt really bad because I love these events and she was a friend and I wanted her to be able to participate in something that I enjoy so much. And then another thing was an instance in a track day that I participated in. They're great in terms of they're very affordable, but you tend to get what you pay for. This particular track day had a lot of cars on track. They did very, I would say, rudimentary driver's meetings. This is when I was still a novice driver, but about to move into intermediate. And I had a pretty close incident on Charlotte Motor Speedway going off the front straight into turn one when you turn into the infield road course. You're going from 110 or so, this is without the bus stop chicane, going down to about 40 miles per hour. It's the heaviest braking zone of the whole course. Start finish line was the end of the passing zone. But in the driver's meetings, they pretty much skimmed over what point fives are, where the passing zones are. They kind of just breezed through that. And what ended up happening is a driver was basically mirror to mirror with me going into that turn. Now, fortunately, I saw him there and I made room for him. But I mean, it was a pretty egregious incident that if had I not been cognizant of him being there, we both easily could have gone into the wall. Fortunately, before that event, I had seen great track organizations like Track Club USA run great events. So I saw how a good meeting was really run. But participating in events like the one I just talked about showed that these track organizations are great, but let's not put it all necessarily on the track organization. These drivers can certainly, to their own benefit, be a little more prepared for this. So how can we help drivers be more prepared for these events, no matter what event they go to? And ultimately, the goal of Track Shaker is to expand the track day hobby. And perhaps most importantly, we want people that utilize our resources to participate in track events and to feel comfortable and confident when they're at their track events. These two events kind of coincided to solidify that there is an, a need for this and it could satisfy a growth within the hobby and really just help the hobby in multiple ways, improving safety, obviously improving notoriety about what track days are and getting more people into it. So in 2019, I started compiling tons of information from dozens and dozens of different track day organizations to create the script for what would ultimately be our how to get on track video. And then I can get into it here in a bit. We rented Carolina Motorsports Park and hosted a private track day where we recorded that how to get on track video. A couple months later, we actually launched the website. So that's kind of the genesis for why Track Shaker exists. In terms of the name, as I mentioned, my first track car was a Dodge Challenger RT Shaker with a Shaker hood. And when I was thinking of unique track day organization names, 
let's be honest, there are over 200 different track day organization names. There are a lot of names already taken. So in thinking of one that would be unique and that I could trademark, you know, I searched the trademark database uh, where there wouldn't be conflicts, the name Track Shaker came to mind. And it worked out in terms of being a trademarkable name as well. And it's not just an organization. You know, I, I'd love it to kind of be thought of something like Hoonigan, where it's both a company back in the day, it was a car, and also kind of a mindset. Track day drivers can be track shakers. So that's where the name came from. By the way, I want to do this like grandiose, almost like we're at a monster truck show, like track shaker. Like it needs to be like super epic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Track Shaker now, as I mentioned, it started off with that track day at Carolina Motorsports Park where I rented the racetrack and we did a private track day for friends of mine on Veterans Day in 2019. And the whole purpose for that event, yes, it was a full track day where everybody got hours of track time, but more significantly, that was where we recorded our How to Get on Track video. And in my opinion, where there was a very significant need in terms of allowing drivers to be more prepared for events was a completely comprehensive how to get on track video because people learn by seeing, right? That track day, it was a long day. It was 13 hours. We shot 93 shots. We had three video teams. We had people on track at the same time that we had other people in the clubhouse recording voiceover. It was just a whirlwind day. But fortunately, we were able to get all the shots that we wanted to. And I wrote a voiceover script for this, doing a ton of studying from multiple track day organizations just to cover absolutely everything. And then we had driving coaches, corner marshal experts advise on the script so that what went into the video, the information that's actually presented is both holistic and accurate. So in terms of what's in that video, it's 39 minutes long. In my opinion, it's the best, most comprehensive video guide to track days. And it covers everything from what is a track day, how you find and register for track days, how track insurance works, how you do tech prep for your car before the event, what to bring to a track day, what to do when you arrive at the track, how to prep your car the morning of, correct driver seating position, all the flags are demonstrated. We also have a very extensive segment on how passing works on track. We demonstrated point buys from multiple camera angles, including bringing in a drone videographer. And in my opinion, where other how to get on track videos really didn't be thorough enough was point buys. Where the greatest need was is explaining how point buys work and making it crystal clear how the pro process works when you're giving them, when you're receiving them, when you wave them off. I'm very proud of our segment that we did with point buys. I think it's very holistic in demonstrating that. We also covered in that video getting on and off track, including if you have an off, what to do between sessions. And at the end of the event, the goal was to answer virtually all questions that first-time drivers tend to have for a track day. 39 minutes long, but I am confident in saying that if someone watches the Track Shaker How to Get on Track video and they're a first-time track driver, they will be absolutely prepared for their first event. And perhaps more important in terms of getting back to that goal of ours and making people comfortable and confident, they'll know what to expect. Essentially, our How to Get on Track video is very similar to the first driver's meeting and novice meeting that these guys will go through. People that watch our video will already be ahead of the game in terms of they've heard a lot of the stuff that's reinforced in the meetings and everything. And that allows them to just be more comfortable at their first track day. So that is a pinnacle of our website and all of the information on Track Shaker to make it super easy, we've laid it out on our Get on Track page in an easy to use step-by-step -step guide. So if someone clicks the big yellow Get on Track button on the homepage of trackshaker.com, they first see that video where we encourage them to watch the video because then it explains everything that's below that video. So we have a step-by-step -step list of links to all of our resources. Below the video, once someone has watched that, we have our track locator, which has all 100 U.S. road course racetracks in the country, and you can find those near you by zip code, city, or just typing in the name of the track. You'll get a filtered list of results within, say, 200 miles of you, and beneath each racetrack, it also has links to all the track day and HPDE events happening at that track, filtered for that track, a track map for that track, and the track website. We also have beneath that on the Get On Track page, if someone wants to go straight to just events, we have a track events page. We've had that from the beginning. It is the goal to be a completely comprehensive listing 
of all 1,500 HPDE and track day, track night events happening in the country hosted by every organization. I completely redesigned our event finder last year to be a little bit more user-friendly. Now it has the ability where you can filter by racetrack, obviously, but you can also filter by track organization. So if you have a particular track day organization you want to filter events for, you can do that. Beneath that, in the next steps, we have track maps. And fortunately, last year, we became the largest resource for free driver-focused track maps for U.S. road course racetracks. And what I mean by driver-focused is that if you go to any of the track maps on our website, there's room to draw the racing line. There's tons of room all around the track to write notes. It is what you want when you want to prepare for a track and draw notes and draw the racing line, braking zones, things like that. Ross Bentley of Speed Secrets, anybody that's in the track day world, we know that name, mm -hmm. incredible driver coach. He was generous enough to allow us to share his 50 Speed Secrets maps on the Track Shaker page. So what we did is we shared his 50 driver focus maps, and then we created 60 of our own for the remaining racetracks. So with a combination of the Speed Secrets maps and Track Shaker maps, all of which are on the Track Shaker maps page, we have 110 maps for 100 racetracks in the country. And these are all free to print, have tons of room for notes. They're really great. So we appreciate Ross for letting us share those to make it more of a one-stop shop. As you keep going down the Get On Track page, we have links for track insurance providers, every HPDE track insurance provider. We have printable PDFs that are like, for example, a sample tech inspection form. And this is a homologation of a bunch of different track organizations tech form. And it basically gives you an example of what you can expect from a tech form from a track day organization. We also have a printable safety flag explanation page as well. Then on from there to achieve the goal of being completely holistic, of giving drivers a truly one-stop resource that they don't have to go anywhere else for anything they need for their track day, we also sell the basic tools and helmets. We sell exclusively SA-rated full-face helmets, as well as basic track tools like a torque wrench, tire inflator, tire pressure gauge, and we have a what to bring checklist, giving people information on what they should bring to their track day. Then we have other links as well, such as how to connect with us and buy apparel. As people have requested information from us and reached out to us, we've added things such as an HPDE logbook, links to racing schools, links to driving numbers and track paint protection film, and then also links to charitable organizations like Racing for ALS. The Track Shaker Get On Track page is the only place on the internet that you can access for free that has literally everything you need to know to be able to find and participate in your first track day event in one easy to use guide. For more seasoned drivers, which I imagine most of your listeners are, all those resources are accessible at the top of the website if you wanna just go straight to track events or track maps and things like that. The website is for sure geared mainly towards the beginner driver, but things like our track maps are also beneficial to the experienced driver as well. That is a huge undertaking, keeping all that stuff up to date. So I would assume that going through Track Shaker as a portal, then that takes you to links directly to, let's say, register for hooked on driving events or chin events or SCCA through their different mechanisms, be it Andy Lally's Track Rabbit or Motorsport Reg, which is now owned by Haggerty, you know, things like that. So how are you correlating and harvesting all this information and keeping it up to date? Honestly, it's a lot of extensive web searching from the get-go in 2020. And we launched in January of 2020, five weeks before the pandemic, great timing. I had a list of 160 track organizations that I would look at their schedule and apply that to the track shaker calendar. And now in our third year of having the website up, that list has expanded to over 200 organizations. So basically starting every December and really running through Early March is when the last organizations tend to post their events. It's an active process for about those four or so months where I go through my list of 200 organizations and I periodically check them to see, hey, have they uploaded their schedule? And then I manually enter them. So we have all 1,500 track day and HPD events in the country. At least that's the goal. If you are on our website and you see one that you know of that's not there, please let us know and we will absolutely add it. So yeah, it's just a process of going through every track day organization uploading their schedule 
we do link directly to the event registration page for each individual event. So it's not like we're just taking people to the homepage. It's you want to do turn one at Carolina Motorsports Park, April 29th. You go to the event page on our website. It takes you right to the registration page. And also on our events portal, it gives you the option again, like I talked about to filter by event organization, but also it gives you the ability to share on Facebook or Twitter in one click. And then we also link to the event organization's homepage within each event listing as well. So you can go both go directly to the event and also the event host. So are you also covering, let's say, motorcycle HPDE events, or is it just strictly cars? Are you capturing things like time trials, rallycross, anything else that might be happening at those tracks? Because some of these are campuses where multiple disciplines can participate, sometimes in the same weekend. We do not include any motorcycle events. We are focused exclusively on non-competitive track day and HPDE events in the United States. So we don't have any events in Canada, at least currently. Our whole goal of making it easier to get in this hobby, I didn't really want to confuse people as much as possible. So in terms of having things like time trials and multiple things, let's say autocross or whatever, or car control clinics, I didn't want to muddy the waters too much by having, let's say, 2,800 events. And then the first time driver doesn't know whether to select if they want to do time trials or HPDE. They may not even know what HPDE means. To answer your question, we focus exclusively on non-competitive track day, track night, and HBDE events. For the organizers out there, is there by chance a self-service portal where they could submit events to you to try to take some of the burden off of you having to hand jam all this stuff? I appreciate that, but I really don't mind entering all the events manually. If an event organization sees that they're not listed on our website or wants to give us their schedule in advance, by all means, reach out to us. I really don't mind all the manual entry. I'm used to it by this point. Basically, by me doing it, it just gets it in the right format so that it's it's really sleek. And if you go to our website, I like to think that our event finder is pretty easy to use. You know, it shows you a picture of the track day organization's logo. You'll see like Jayzilla stick out and you're like, oh, let me see what they're doing. It's pretty aesthetically pleasing in addition to having a lot of functionality. So no self-service portal at this point. I don't really necessarily want to add that. And I'm more than happy to add things as people submit them. Are there any other services that TrackShaker provides that we haven't talked about in this kind of one-stop, get the newbie in the driver's seat and on track that you've mentioned so far? Absolutely. Our goal is to educate and make people excited about track days. We have delved a lot into video content that expands just even a little bit beyond just the basic how to get started in track days and what track days are. So for example, we have three video series. One is called Track Shaker Track Tips, where we've covered things like tire management, how to make your track video overlays a lot better. We also have a Track Shaker Legends video series, which explores people that have a really unique or impactful story in the world of track days. And we do a pretty deep dive into their story. One of them is on Racing for ALS, who I'd love to shout out, an amazing nonprofit track organization. And we, we tell the story of Scott and David Lloyd and how they created Racing for ALS. And it's over 30 minutes long. And another one is about IMSA driver Gino Manley, who has a really great grassroots motorsports story of going from doing tons and tons of track days to ultimately participating in IMSA as a professional driver. So Track Shaker Legends tells interesting stories in the track day world. And then we have Track Shaker Trackside, which are short episodes, less than 10 minutes long, filmed by our various team members at racetracks where we just get a quick interview with someone with a cool car or a cool story or something like that. Those video series have winded down a little bit, but there are some interesting videos that both provide some education in terms of Track Shaker track tips and some entertainment in terms of the other two video series that hopefully get people more interested in participating in these events. Well, since we're doing some shout outs, shout outs to one of our previous guests, Annika Carter, and she mentioned you guys on her episode and we wanted to expand upon her involvement with Track Shaker. So notable names like Annika, how does that play into the Track Shaker universe? Absolutely. And I really appreciate Annika shouting out and uh, you guys giving me this opportunity. So it worked out great. Basically, from the get go, as I mentioned, like, for example, in writing the script for how to get on track video, I wanted to make sure that we had multiple experts advising on everything that we do. So it's accurate and truly comprehensive. So we have a team of multiple very seasoned driving 
I'll call them experts that have advised on things like the creation of that video, our various resources, and then ongoing things like videos that we still do. And then we get questions all the time submitted to the website. So we have people like Annika Carter. I met her because I was doing a max speed track day at Rolling Road Raceway. That's when I was an intermediate and they were introducing the driving coaches and they introduced Annika as one of the coaches. And at the time, I think she was like 22. And I'm like, wow, she's a coach at 22. I got to hear her story. So that's how we connected. And then we have people like Tracy Gadu, who is a multiple NASA time trial regional champion. And now she's doing hill climbs and things like that. She's got just dozens and dozens of race wins under her belt. And then Craig Keyes, who's also an SECA racing license holder. And he has a lot of impact in terms of track Facebook groups and connecting with people that way. So we've got a variety of very seasoned drivers and people from other areas of track days that help advise on our content and help me as well make our resources be as thorough as they can. You know, I'm not currently a driving instructor. I run in advanced and intermediate, you know, depending on the event. So I wanted to make sure that I stay in my lane and rely on people way more experienced, both drivers, but more importantly, driving instructors to make sure things that I write and things that we put out there are not only accurate, but the most easy to understand. So basically we have a a team of, of several mostly very experienced drivers. Some people are more focused on the community side of like Facebook groups and things. We work together to make sure that everything we do is really accurate. So that's where Annika and Tracy and Craig come into play for the track shaker information. And to go back to our website, it's really interesting. The questions that we get submitted on the contact form link of trackshaker.com. We get everything from people asking really specific questions like, what kind of pad compound do I want for my Hellcat? There was an interesting back and forth we had with a gentleman that wanted to become a professional motorsports mechanic. We get a big variety of questions and ultimately between the five or six of us, one of us can answer that question. So when we get questions submitted to us, we have a variety of experiences and our goal is to always answer that as best as possible. By the way, big shout out to Phil and Brendan over at Max Speed Track Days. They were on our show during season one. So, you know, we always want to remind our guests, if, you, if you're hearing that name for the first time, be sure to check out that episode as well. So thanks for bringing them up. It's pretty obvious, at least to me, I don't know, to the audience that Track Shaker seems to have a home track. Sounds like either Carolina Motorsports Park or the Roval down there as well as Charlotte. So is that where you guys are physically based out of or is there something else that you call home? So me personally, I would say that Carolina Motorsports Park is the Track Shaker home track. So our team members are spread across the country. One of our driving experts is an instructor at Pit Race. You know, Annika is in Georgia, Tracy's in Tennessee. So in terms of the team, we're kind of spread out. But in terms of all of us getting together, that happens most of the time at Carolina Motorsports Park. That's certainly the track where I've done the most number of track days of the tracks that I've done. Carolina Motorsports Park was one of our original founding sponsors. They sponsor that Get On Track page. So we're really appreciative of that relationship with them. They've been hugely supportive of Track Shaker and we have an ongoing relationship. I love Carolina Motorsports Park. If people haven't been, it's a 2.27 mile, 14 turn road course. It was repaved in July of 2020. And I actually documented that repaving process. That was really cool to learn about when it goes into repaving a racetrack. And now with the repaved surface, it is such a great course. One great thing about Carolina Motorsports Park is it has a ton of runoff. It is a great track for any driver, especially the beginning driver. Not a lot of hard walls to hit. It's a very safe track, but it's also a lot of fun. I love Carolina Motorsports Park. We went last year with another group and we had an absolute blast. You know, it's always fun trying out new tracks, especially stuff that's been on our bucket list for a while. So CMP is definitely on our to be returned to list for sure. But that kind of brings me to another question. Since you get to see all the tracks around the country and you get to input all this information, are there some that are on your bucket list still? And of the ones you've driven so far, do you have a favorite or maybe even a least favorite? Absolutely. So in terms of bucket list tracks, Road America comes to mind for me personally. I'd love to do Road America, obviously Circuit of the Americas. An interesting one that I think probably doesn't fall on hardly anybody's list is Spring Mountain Motor Resort. Spring Mountain Motor Resort, they have three courses and when combined, it's only combined a few times a year, 
it creates the longest road course racetrack in the United States at 6.1 miles long. It's not like the Nürburgring in terms of having a lot of natural elevation change and things like that. But I just think having a six mile long course would be just a really cool challenge. So those are some that come to mind in terms of ones I want to do outside of the Southeast. Obviously, I tend to focus on ones in the Southeast. I would probably say my favorite track is CMP because I've been there so much. I'm so comfortable with it. And, you know, I've had a few offs there. I never had a big problem. I just like that cushion of, I know CMP is a place where I can push my car and it's probably going to be okay. Uh, one that scares me is the Roval Charlotte Motor Speedway. There are just so many walls. A lot of us in the track day hobby have driven on NASCAR tracks. They are an exhilarating challenge. And I love that Jay Zilla event that I drove in on the Roval last summer, besides blowing up my motor, of course. It's a great challenge, but I've seen so many crashes on the Roval, including a BMW that went into the wall right in front of me, an Acura NSX that also went into the wall. It's a little bit hairy. I mean, that goes with having concrete walls everywhere. I, I like that track a lot, but I probably wouldn't recommend it as a place for the first time track driver to go. You know, get a more traditional road course and then go to a NASCAR track eventually down the line. It's still fun. I'm not going to say that there's a track that I don't like because I haven't had one. There are just ones that are frankly more enjoyable. I find ones like VIR to be really, really enjoyable. Part of that is, is just having that cushion that if things go wrong, it's probably not going to be too horrible versus yeah. having all walls around. And to your point about the NASCAR tracks that we do DEs on, it's the same for us up here that have experienced Pocono, right? Where you're just surrounded by concrete and embankments and even doing the mega course, which is all four and a half miles or so, you know, at a two minute and 20 lap time, it's, it's just a bit much. It's a bit daunting, even for the seasoned driver, when you've got a Corvette blowing by you at 175 miles an hour and you're like, is he going to make it through turn one? You know, that sort of deal. But the same is true of tracks like Road Atlanta, where it's also intimidating. It has a reputation of being a car crusher because there are no bushes the runoff is short and it's mostly jersey walls you know things like that but that's also part of the excitement it's the risk management that we employ every time we go to one of these events which is actually another great question how does track shaker get its arms around the whole concept of safety right because that's always a big concern when it comes to any of these events so what are you guys doing to promote safety outside of the gear and things like that what do you guys talk about or what ideas are expressed on the website around driver safety. I think that ultimately goes back to how we achieve our goal of letting the first time track driver be comfortable and confident and prepared. So in that how to get on track video, we go over a lot of little tips and tricks that people don't tend to mention or don't tend to learn unless they have a driving instructor at their track event. There are hundreds of track days out there that do not offer any instruction. SCCA Track Night in America, great organization that makes getting into track days super approachable because it's the most affordable track days in the country, but they don't offer any in-car instruction. So little things like how to prepare your car, correct driver seating position, things like how to properly clean out your car. Also, not necessarily a safety thing, but just a car maintenance thing, not setting your parking brake after a hot session. We cover a lot of these little tidbits in the how to get on track video that virtually no other how to get on track videos cover because it's important. And ultimately we have to realize that some of the people that utilize our resources are going to their first event where they will not have a driving coach. Obviously, if someone asks me for their opinion on what the best events are to get started, I always say, go to one where the driving coach, and if you have to pay the extra 75 bucks for a coach, it's worth its weight in gold. But we try to provide those little tidbits on car preparation, proper engagement with the car, and also little things about how to safely get on and off a track, especially if you have an off. That, I don't know if any other how to get on track videos cover that. And then combining the visual demonstration of all the flags point buys, things like that, and solidifying them with printable resources like a safety flag explanation guide, tech inspection form. It reinforces what they see in the video and they have something that they can bring with them to the track to remind themselves of what they learned from the video. As you can tell, we tend to focus on providing things for the beginner driver. We have certainly multiple resources that are of interest to more experienced drivers. What we don't necessarily delve into is like a super deep dive on let's say driving skill, things like Ross Bentley does with Speed Secrets and stuff like that. And frankly, I think there are a ton of great driving coaches like Speed Secrets and Ross that do an incredible job of putting out that kind of educational content, focusing more on specific driving skills. We're more about 
what do you expect at your event? How do you do this event? And then the driving instruction, they'll get that at their events and from their driving coaches more than they necessarily would track shaker. We've also noticed that you own and operate Hartman Autosports. So let's dive into some of the other things that you're involved in. So what is Hartman Autosports? What services do you provide there? What's that all about? Yeah. So Hartman Autosports was definitely an impromptu thing that I kind of created after I started getting called for some unique projects. I got called for a really unique thing. I can't talk too much about it because it's ongoing. Basically, a very large commercial real estate company called me and asked if I might be comfortable advising them and a client that they're representing on the purchase of a U.S. racetrack. A very unique challenge for sure. Obviously, not many people necessarily are hugely experienced with that because it's a very unique thing. But fortunately, by knowing about every single track day that goes in the country, by spending hundreds of hours doing things like compiling information from track organizations, from racetracks, from creating track maps for over half of the racetracks in the country, I learned information about every single racetrack as I get involved with all these various resources that I've created. And then also documenting the repaving processes at Carolina Motorsports Park was also very informative. I accepted that challenge. I knew that there would be a ton that I had to learn, and I certainly did, and it was a great learning process. And it's been a really cool collaboration where I've gotten to learn a ton about racetracks. And part of my services to them is I've provided many reports on potential racetracks that might be of interest to them. And I also created a database of racetracks that fit the bill that they were looking for with 35 data points that would be of interest to them. Going really granular and spending over 100 hours researching these certain types of racetracks for this client has been a really informative learning process that I've been very appreciative of. And because the client is a huge organization, I kind of needed some bona fides, you know? So I created the Hartman Autosports website with more information on me specifically and things I've done to help provide some more information on me and some of the unique aspects that uh, I've been fortunate enough to be thrust into and then learn about as I'm doing. That has also turned into other things. Carolina Motorsports Park actually hired me to create their corner marshal training video. It's not a replacement for their in-person training, but it's a supplement to it. As you may know, a lot of racetracks are in desperate need of more corner marshals. I developed a lot of unique experience and a great learning process from creating our Track Shaker How to Get on Track video. I like to think that something I'm good at and Track Shaker is very good at is making a lot of information easily processable. Synthesizing that information into an easy to digest, let's say video resource, for example. So that's kind of what we did with the Carolina Motorsports Park corner marshal training video. I went to their corner marshal training and then we filmed 119 shots over two days and created a very comprehensive corner marshal training video for them. So that's another big project that I was hired for. So you see, it's quite a gamut of things that I'm called to do. I always appreciate a challenge, especially things like the corner marshal training video. I researched hundreds of pages of SCCA manuals, and I had two expert corner marshals, each with over 50 years of experience under their belt, advise on the script. So it's great to learn from really seasoned veteran corner marshals and stuff like that. I really appreciate these unique opportunities that pop up and uh, the chance to learn a new facet of motorsports. So there's a couple things to unpack there. And I want to kind of remind our audience that flagging, to your point, they're in desperate need of new flaggers, but it's also a great gateway into motorsports, especially DE and club racing and time trials and things like that, because there are programs and incentives, especially within groups like SCCA and I believe NASA as well and some others where if you corner work for the weekend, you earn basically dollars towards track time. So if you see track time as a financial burden, well, this is one way to lessen that is by getting out there, being active, being part of it, fulfilling a need by being a flagger, learning a new skill, but also earning your way towards free track time. And that's, that's pretty awesome. So you can learn more about that on scca.com's website, all about their flagging program, et cetera. And we've written some articles that are on our website, things I wish I knew about flagging, stuff like that. 
that that you can look into for more detail. You alluded to how that can be an entryway into motorsports. I actually have a family history with corner marshalling. My uncle, who advised on our track shaker how to get on track video script and was at that track day, he's in the video. He was a corner marshal at Road Atlanta for decades. He actually flagged during the epic Can-Am era of the 70s. And then his son, my cousin, followed in his footsteps and was also a corner worker and ultimately ended up working at a 24 hours of Le Mans. So if you become an SCCA certified quarter marshal and you get enough experience, it is literally your entry to the literal world of motorsports. We all know that spectator tickets at these events like Formula One and World Endurance Challenge and stuff like that are becoming hugely expensive. Well, guess what? If you're a quarter worker, you can get invited to the 24 hours of Le Mans and you're paid and you're right up close and personal with these cars. There's a big need for corner workers and we all really should appreciate what they do because they make what our hobby is possible. They really are the unsung heroes of track days and there's a need for them. You know, you can reach out to any website in the country via our track locator page or trackshaker.com. Shoot them an email and say, hey, I'm interested in getting into being a, a corner worker for you guys. And in terms of being able to participate in international motorsports events, that is definitely the most affordable way. And plus, it puts you in the thick of incredible racing. That's a great point, Scott. And, you know, it reminds me that a lot of the folks from our local WDCR region of SCCA oftentimes are the corner marshals down at the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona. And I'm always envious of that. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm either there watching the race at Daytona or I'm watching it at home on TV, but I'm not nearly as close as they are. That's for sure. When they're in that corner station, you know, flagging, they're up close with the cars. I mean, what an awesome experience. So something to definitely check out. Something to pursue if if you want to get into the sport. But there was also something else that you mentioned in talking about working with that big real estate conglomerate in that it always shocks me when new tracks are being born in the United States. And I mean, per capita, we have more tracks than probably anywhere in the world, except for England, if you look at it in economies of scale, it seems like there's a track around every corner in the UK. We're close cousins, so it's not too different here. But in the recent, let's say last couple of years, You've had the birth and sudden death of Oak Ridge out in Tennessee, and we were all excited to see that happen. There's talk recently of Bader Airfield in New Jersey being turned into a racetrack. In the last couple of years, and this has been a five to seven year project from what I understand, Ozarks International Raceway has come online, and it seems like everybody and their brother is scrambling to get there. So I wanted to get your opinion on maybe some new tracks that you're seeing in the works or things you're thinking about, maybe ones that should be revisited. I see a bit of a trend right now. And when we're talking about new racetracks, obviously it is not a common occurrence. So if we're talking about trends, I'm talking about, this is like four tracks we're talking about. But what's happening right now is there are some automotive country club tracks that are coming down the pike. And kind of what I see a shift as currently is there are less, let's call them public tracks, AKA tracks that are what you think of when you do a track day, where most of the tracks coming down the pike right now are these automotive country clubs, the members only ones, like the Thermal Club in California. Uh, We've got G2 Motorsports Park, which is another members only thing coming down in Texas. That is the trend right now, where there are several of those in the works that I'm aware of right now. An interesting thing that not a lot of people may have heard of, especially relevant to us here in Charlotte, is Charlotte Motor Speedway is building another road course outside of the NASCAR Oval. I don't know if any of this is proprietary, so maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but (laughs) the road course that they'll have outside of the Oval is part of the reason it's being built. It's for the Ford Performance Racing School. But I have heard from well-informed people that there will be track days there. So it's good to see that there are a few public tracks like Ozarks that are in the works or recently opened. It's always really sad to me to see public ones close, like Palm Beach International Raceway. I believe today was their last track day event. And that's really sad. In the last few weeks, it's come to light that Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park in Arizona, they ran a risk of potentially being closed because of a highway construction thing. But it looks like the drag strip there is going away, but the road course is staying. So that's good. So basically a trend I see right now of most of the tracks that are going to open in the next few years are these members only automotive country clubs 
which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but we're track day guys. You know, we want tracks that we can drive on. Ozarks was hugely exciting to see. I actually created the very first track map for that course. And it's been cool to see that become really popular, see courses like that. And then the soon to begin construction, not soon to open, road course here in Charlotte come to fruition as well. So as we're talking about that, it's actually a great way to segue into another portion of the track shaker universe that you're working on or, or have been working on for quite a while. And we stumbled across something known as race track retreats touted as ultra exclusive private track events on America's iconic road course racetracks. So let's expand upon that. Is that similar to the idea of these private racetracks that we were just talking about these country clubs, or is it, is it more than that? So to put it simply, Racetrack Retreats is essentially a track event hosting service. In terms of the exclusivity factor, basically what we're getting at is we're aiming for very small run group. We're aiming for maximum track time, small run groups. We'll never put more than 20 cars in a run group on track for Racetrack Retreats events. It's interesting as we've launched this in the last couple of months, what it's manifesting itself as. A lot of the demand is actually from organized groups like car clubs. I actually was on a phone call with a car club before this call, basically where we will host a track date for a car club and things like that. The actual genesis for this was another part of Hartman Autosports where I was brought in to a private track day event at Carolina Motorsports Park where a gentleman with a Ferrari 599 GTB basically threw what I consider to be most epic birthday ever for himself at a racetrack. He rented Carolina Motorsports Park to himself for the whole day. And he and nine of his friends just drove around in his Ferrari for the whole day. I mean, that's a, a really incredible way to celebrate a birthday if you have the means to do it. People that may not know, hosting a track day is very multifaceted. Fortunately, as I hosted our Track Shaker track day at Carolina Motorsports Park, I learned what goes into hosting a track day and having a successful event. I've also hosted concerts and things like that that have been a good learning process. So this gentleman with the Ferrari was quite perplexed by things such as the track insurance policy which you have to have just to be able to rent the track and all the minutia that goes into regulations and things like that. So it showed me that there are people that are looking for a more exclusive kind of track experience that don't want to deal with the dozens or hundreds of hours that go into hosting a successful track event. So what Racetrack Retreats is, both for individual groups, like let's say a group of friends, say they want to have a bachelor or bachelorette party at the racetrack, or car clubs, and we also have corporate interest. Basically, we craft their ideal track day with what they want to have in mind. And it's completely full service. We host every single aspect of their track day. Everything from running the event day of, but we also do other things like mechanically preparing the cars before the event. We have one of our mechanical partners take care of doing the brake fluid swap, doing the very thorough tech inspection, things like that before the event. And we have them on hand at the event to maintain the cars during the event. If the client wants it, we can offer a completely all-inclusive experience where all they have to do is show up. Their driving instructor is with them 100% of the time they're in the car. Even in the advanced run group, we have an instructor with every single driver on track. They get a massive amount of track time. It's a private event with their and their, them and their friends, you know, whoever they want to invite. Closed course where it's just their group. We're trying to do the max of everything. We're trying to provide the best driving instruction. All the driving coaches are MSF level two certified, uh, Motorsport Safety Foundation. In-car instruction 100% of the time. Lead follow where it's warranted the ability to ride along with driving instructors in the instructor's car. That's something that at that Ferrari event I consulted on was actually a lot of those guys' favorite part was riding in the Ferrari 599 GTB with the Carolina Motorsports Park chief driving instructor driving them and really finding out what the car is capable of. So basically what I'm getting at is these events are uniquely crafted for what the client wants. And for like individual groups, that tends to be manifested in kind of a boutique experience where... Again, we take care of everything, but when they get to the track, it's kind of a lifestyle experience as well. Obviously, the best driving instruction, the safest environment, small room groups, things like that, but also things like boutique catering. There's a track that doesn't have any spectating facilities. We will actually, if the client wants, set up a spectator lounge area, bring the comfort to the racetrack if it's not there, 
and create a really enjoyable experience that's low pressure because the drivers aren't having to do things like adjusting tire pressures and stuff between sessions. We take care of every little facet for them. So they're having a ton of fun on track with a ton of track time. And then between sessions, they get to just relax and enjoy the day with their friends. Man, that's the whole white glove approach to the track weekend. The less I have to work, the better it is. This is tantalizing. You know, this is exciting. <laughs> Something to think about. The tracks you're hosting at, I'm assuming you're starting with Carolina Motorsports Park. Anywhere else where you can reserve a racetrack retreat? So we can host a racetrack retreat at any of the U.S. road course racetracks in the country, with the only exception of the seven automotive country clubs. With some exceptions, it's pretty hard to rent somewhere like the Thermal Club or M1 Concourse. Not necessarily can do those, but the other 93 courses, we can absolutely host a racetrack retreat at any of the other 93 U.S. road course racetracks across the country. And we have a different team. There's a lot of spillover from the Track Shaker team to the racetrack retreats team, but we have people that have experience with every region of the country. We have people in the Midwest. We have someone in Colorado, obviously a lot of us in the Southeast. So between those of us on the racetrack retreats team, we have some experience with a lot of the racetracks in the country. And absolutely, we are happy to go out to California, host an event wherever. There's a lot going on over at Track Shaker. So is there anything else in the works, anything else that we should know about? What's coming up for the next couple of seasons? What, what kind of ideas are you cooking over there we always want to expand the track day hobby the track shaker website is great and we get a ton of hits with that but honestly part of the difficulty of getting people into this hobby is just getting the notoriety of what a track day is out there fortunately you know with my video experience i've tried to figure out ways to make people enticed by getting into track days and understanding that it really is more approachable than they think to be able to drive their car on a racetrack it's not a pie in the sky thing. They can do it this weekend. We're always constantly expanding on the video content that we do, social media content, and some educational content to try to engage with people and get them interested in track driving, which ultimately hopefully drives them to Track Shaker or really any HPDE organization. The ultimate goal of, of letting them experience this hobby that we all love. So in terms of things for Track Shaker down the pike, we might expand into other disciplines. So you kind of mentioned something like time trials, things like that. Don't want to say too much about it, but we might expand into other grassroots motorsports discipline, just with the aim of helping people get started in those various things. Do you see Track Shaker evolving or maybe turning into a hyperfast or a grid life type of situation? As we talked about with racetrack retreats, you know, that's kind of a unique thing. And right from the get-go, if we were talking about getting into event hosting, I didn't really want to be a competitor to the 200 organizations that are already out there doing it. It's a crowded space. And I think almost all those 200 organizations are doing a really, really great job. So in terms of hosting a traditional track day, I wanted to delve a little bit away from that. So that's kind of why you racetrack retreats is what it is. In terms of hosting combination events, I don't want to say too much because it's things that may or may not happen, but I, I can see an instance in which we have a multiple discipline event that's hosted by Track Shaker. So uh, I'll just say it. So the events that I know are track days, autocross, and drag racing. Ooh. So I think it'd be very cool to have a, let's say, a two or three day event where people can do drag racing, autocross, and road course stuff all in one event or, you know, have all that stuff going on at the same time. And maybe there's only somebody there for drag racing, but they see how cool the action is going on at the road course. Obviously there aren't many places you can do that, but Charlotte Motor Speedway is one with Z-Max Dragway. If that's going to happen, that's years down the road, but I love grassroots motorsports. I don't do much drag racing anymore, but I, I, I do autocross and still really appreciate that. So if Track Shaker was to expand, I think it would be into one or more of those disciplines and, you know, pie in the sky. I think it'd be pretty epic to have an event that synthesized all three somehow. And you know, that reminds me of something and now I'm dating myself and maybe some of our audience will appreciate this, especially being from a certain area, you know, here in the mid Atlantic, there used to be something in the VW community known as the bug out. And the bug out was comprised of an autocross, a drag race and a circuit race all in the same, you know, couple of days weekend. And I remember my dad way back when competing in the water cooled classes, you know, with his Mark one Scirocco and GTIs and things like that. And so it just, for whatever reason, that combination conjured up those memories and so that's pretty cool. So for those of you that out there that remember the bug out, you know, <laughs> good, good times. Very cool. I'll have to look into that. That sounds like a really epic event. I'd love to learn more about it. 
for racetrack retreats, that's where really, really where we have the most growth and where we'll put a lot of focus. We're having difficulty with track availability right now. You've interviewed a lot of track day organizations. You know it's super competitive get to get track booking. So I think 2023 is really where racetrack retreats is probably going to take off. In terms of getting notoriety for just track driving in general, one thing that we've done recently is we created a video series called The Track Dedicated Lifestyle. And basically, I'm trying to think, what is very viral content that the average car enthusiast is interested in watching, and how can we link that to track driving? So obviously, supercar videos like Supercar Blondie and Shmi 150 and Stradman are the most viral content on the internet. They just get millions and millions of views. People are really interested in these cars. How can we connect that to the track world? Well, the Track Dedicated Lifestyle focuses exclusively on track-only production supercars. We've done episodes on things like the Ferrari FSXK, McLaren F1 GTR Longtail, Pagani Zonda R, BMW N1 Pro Car, uh, we just did the McLaren Senna GTR, and basically giving four minute long episodes, they give a very preliminary rundown of what these cars are, various racing series or non-competitive areas that they're used with the goal of showing people that, hey, these cars are super cool, but these guys are obviously only driving them on racetracks. By the way, you can do the same thing with your car. Here's Track Shaker. And fortunately, that video series has done extremely well. It's been only going for three months and we already have over 1.1 million views. So people are really interested in that series. And it's another way that we try to explore that initial hurdle of getting people interested in track driving. And then ultimately, if they take that leap to go to trackshaker.com, they're ready to go. And for anybody that has one of these track-only supercars, we would love to film your car. Fortunately, we're starting to delve more into actually seeing these cars in person and getting footage of them. For example, we have an upcoming kind of documentary coming about where one of our followers commented on one of our videos about a Ferrari 512 BBLM that they used to run with at a Ferrari club event. I ended up finding out that the gentleman he was talking about lives here in North Carolina. So we're doing a documentary on his one-of-a-kind Ferrari, which is a Ferrari built by the North American racing team of Luigi Cinetti, and it was raced at Le Mans twice. I had a ton of fun filming that car, and we'll have a documentary coming out on that soon. We're delving more into actually finding these cars out there in the United States. If you have a track-only supercar and you'd be willing to let us film it, we would absolutely love to come out and film your car. So you can let us know if you have a lead on one of these track-only supercars that we might be able to film on the Racetrack Retreats tab of trackshaker.com. There's a link at the bottom where you can reach out directly to the Racetrack Retreats team. And we'd appreciate any information on finding some of these track-only supercars in the wild that we can document and get more interest on. So Scott, as we wrap up our thoughts here, are there any additional shout outs, promotions, specials, upcoming events, anything else you'd like to share that we didn't cover? Absolutely. So uh, I'd love to shout out some of the Track Shaker team members. You know, I know that your listeners are all seasoned drivers. So in terms of the very active racing competitors that we have on the Track Shaker team that they can follow on social media, you've got Annika Carter, who will be in the episode that you did recently. And she is on Instagram at Annika Carter underscore. Tracy Gadu, she is an unbelievably talented driver and is just a great story of grassroots motorsports. She won the Max the Tack trailer competition, which was a hugely competitive competition. She is on Instagram at Team Tracy Motorsport. Craig Keys is C Key SVT. And then we're at Track Shaker on all social media. Feel free to follow us there. And also, any track drivers out there, we would love to feature your awesome track photos. As we feature different cars of different manufacturers from JDM to Porsche to Mopar, uh, it engages with different groups. So if you have some track photos that you want to tag hashtag TrackShaker or tag our account at TrackShaker, we would love to share that on our page. I would love to shout out our sponsors. So our original Track Shaker sponsors from the get-go were Carolina Motorsports Park. That's in Kershaw, South Carolina. Incredible, over two mile long, 14 turn road course. Ton of fun, I highly recommend it. They're at carolinamotorsportspark.com. Mass Acceleration Motorsports, they're at mxamotorsports.com. They are one of the country's best tuning and car building shops. They do everything from calibrating Ferrari 250 Testarossas to building 3000 horsepower drag cars to tuning rally cars. It's really amazing the gamut of cars that they get through there because they are among the best in the country at tuning cars. So if you want a car build or the best tuning, by all means, Mass Acceleration Motorsports in Denver, North Carolina is worth sending your car to. 
KOW Performance is an awesome parts company that focuses on providing parts for Mopar and Jeeps, but they provide parts for any platform. You reach out to them, they have over a million parts available. If you don't see it on their website, reach out to them, they can provide it. Virtually everything on my track shaker, both challengers that I had, and I'm also my current Corvette, the parts came from kowperformance.com. I get my Hawk DTC brake pads, Castrol SRF racing brake fluid, my DBA brake rotors, everything you can think of from KOW Performance. And their customer service is literally second to none. He treats it like religion. It's a really amazing how he engages with every single customer, provides incredible free shipping and just the best customer service ever. And then Open Track Drive, HBDE insurance provider, is one of our more recent sponsors. They are at opentrack.com a great track insurance organization. And, you know, track insurance is optional, but I've personally had it for every event that I've ever driven with. And OpenTrack makes it super easy. They also provide some unique features that other track insurance providers don't do in terms of providing driving instruction materials from driver coaches like Andy Lee. They're also the only HPDE insurance organization that insures cars worth over $150,000. So if you have a high value car, Open track is your place to go. And I also insure my Corvette, which is well under $150,000. So a big shout out to our four sponsors, Open Track, Mass Acceleration Motorsports, Carolina Motorsports Park, and KOW Performance. Always appreciate their help. They help us do what we can to expand this hobby and help drivers just have a great time when they're on track. Well, listeners, if you're interested in getting into the hobby or the motorsport of high-performance driver's education, before deciding you want to get into club racing, rally cross, time trials, anything else that's out there, make sure you visit trackshaker.com. It's a one-stop shop for everything you need to know before you cross that threshold and begin your journey in the motorsports world. So if you want to learn more, be sure to check out the website trackshaker.com and as Scott said, they are available on all the social platforms, Insta, Facebook, and Twitter at TrackShaker. And don't forget to check out their YouTube channel, all those awesome videos that are out there so you can get caught up very quickly, get up to speed and get on track this season with TrackShaker and any other provider that's local to you, depending on where you are in the country. So for more details on everything that we talked about in this episode, please don't forget to check out the follow-on article that goes along with this episode on gtmotorsports.org. So Scott, with that, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and explaining to everybody what track shaker is all about and we look forward to seeing what happens this year we wish you guys the best of luck as you continue to expand your portfolio of services i really appreciate it thank you for the opportunity and i look forward to seeing you at the track If you like what you've heard and want to learn more about gtm be sure to check us out on www.gtmotorsports.org you can also find us on Instagram at Grand Touring Motorsports. Also, if you want to get involved or have suggestions for future shows, you can call or text us at 202-630-1770 or send us an email at crewchief at gtmotorsports.org. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, everybody. Crew Chief Eric here. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Break Fix, and we wanted to remind you that GTM remains a no annual fees organization. And our goal is to continue to bring you quality episodes like this one at no charge. As a loyal listener, please consider subscribing to our Patreon for bonus and behind-the-scenes content, extra goodies, and GTM swag. For as little as $2.50 a month, you can keep our developers, writers, editors, casters, and other volunteers fed on their strict diet of Fig Newtons, Gummy Bears, and Monster. Consider signing up for Patreon today at www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports. And remember, without fans, supporters, and members like you, none of this would be possible.